Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Layla. Hello, everybody. How you doing? I am great. Want to know why? Why? Because we're at episode 10 of She Fucking Did That. We're in the double digits. The double digits. 10 episodes. Honestly, I think that's the most consistent thing the both of us have done in our entire lives. I think so. This is the most commitment I've ever had to anything or anyone. Yes. <laughs> weekly commitment. It's amazing. I'm. This is great. This yes. is great. Yeah. So welcome, everybody. Episode 10. Let's celebrate. It's an anniversary. Everyone grab I a drink. I would say it's an anniversary. Grab yeah. a fucking drink. You drink on anniversaries. Go. Let's grab a drink. Perfect. <laughs> Great. And while you're at it, um, while you're at it, while you're grabbing your drink, don't forget to follow us on social media and give us a quick little rating on Apple Podcasts if you listen on Apple Podcasts because that helps us so much. You guys don't even know. Yes. And even if you well, if you want to go above and beyond, if you could leave us a review on there too, just a little quick, yes. quick sentences, a few quick sentences. I'm not even drinking yet. Um, <laughs> we would really greatly appreciate it. And we also have some awesome news for you. Um, we have a new Spotify playlist. Yes. Layla, do you want to give some details? I will. I'm so sorry to anyone that doesn't use Spotify, but that is our tried and true, so had to make it on Spotify, but it is called She Effing or She Fucking Rocks That, and the link is in our link tree on our Instagram. You can just click on it, and it'll say the official SFDT playlist. Click on it. Follow us. Just rock out with these amazing female artists that we have curated onto that playlist. So good. Yes, it's freaking awesome. You got Aquafina mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. We got Joan Jett, Whitney Houston, Celia Cruz. Celia Cruz, excuse me. Um, we also have yeah. uh, Sister Rosetta Thorpe, if you guys remember from our episode two that Fuck Gia yeah. did. <laughs> yes, yes, the Tharp, the Tharp, she's the best. Yes. That is, I, I think that's our third song on there. So check it out. Rock mm-hmm. and roll. OG. Hell yeah. OG rock and roll queen. Um, so yeah. And then another piece of news. Uh, Gia and I were thinking, and we were like, you know what? We're researching all of these badass women of history and stuff, and there are so many other women that we just don't know. I mean, how many women are there on Earth? Like millions. Billions. Billions, billions of women. Um, and so we were thinking, why don't you guys send us, email us, stories of the badass women that you know in your lives so we would love to hear just a quick little anecdote about anyone any badass women that you know send it into our email sfdt at gmail or sfdt podcast at gmail.com i can't wait to hear what you guys have to share this is gonna be awesome yeah yes. seriously every episode we'll share at least one if not more yeah and we will keep the merriment going yeah. and that's well, the best way guys, to celebrate women if you guys just like spam our inbox that is ideal because i would love to give you guys just bonus episodes of just your own stories don't you want to hear yourself like that's what everyone wants. all the time yes <laughs> so you are not limited to only one story send us as many as you want and yes. we will update you as spam us. we record yes yay yeah the only time we welcome the spam yes seriously Do it. um okay gia let's get into it what are you drinking today 
So, I am still under quarantine, and you may or may Boo. not be hearing major sirens outside. That's not a New good York thing. New York City, baby. Baby. <laughs> um, so, I still am not able to go out and get full-on alcohol. So, I am drinking more shots. But if I had it my way, I would have a really nice beer. I would mm. have, like, a pure ale, nice. if that's what you would say. Um, would you do, yeah. like a like, a pale ale? Or like something darker. I really like a blonde. Okay, hold on. Well, if you go to Mick Swirly's, I believe it's the old, the second oldest, possibly the oldest bar in New York City downtown. It's the best. They only sell light beer and dark beer, and it is absolutely amazing. Um, And the light beer is insane. I love it. Is it like their own, their own? Yeah, Mm -hmm. brew. Oh, they brew it. Yep. I'm all there. them it's it's great you have I'm to there. go it's so yeah. much fun i'll be yeah. there in like two months hopefully perfect <laughs> if i can ever travel again we'll see <laughs> i will wait for you to go there it'll Thank be great you. <laughs> what are you drinking well wait hold on do you have a name oh, for your drink i do yes it is called mabel be able <gasps> that's a really good name i like that thank you i'm very excited to hear your girl I'm excited too. Yeah. And plus the ale, like you can't spell able without ale, without the B. Hold the B. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> able, but Wait, hold the B. Your turn. Yeah. <laughs> My turn. Yes. I am drinking a Moscow Mule, um, but I'm calling it, oh, it's a Moscow Mule with a little bit of um, pomegranate syrup to give it a slightly red color. I'm calling it the Ludmula. (laughs) (laughs) That's adorable. I can't wait to learn what it like what what it means. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, I am actually going first this week because you went first last week, right? So Mm -hmm. I can just get into it and tell you what the Ludmula is. Let's Um, go. All right, so my featured badass woman of the week is Ludmila Pavlichenko. I get it now. Yes. That's good. Her name is Ludmila. <laughs> Who is she? What did she fucking do? Tell us. What did she I can't fucking wait. do? She is history's most successful female sniper. Fuck. Yes. All right. <laughs> I told Let's my, do this. <laughs> I told my roommate that I, who she was and that I was doing her this week, and she was like, yeah, this sounds like the most Layla thing. Like, this sounds like Fuck the most yeah. Layla story ever. So I'm like, I mean, I'm stoked. I gotta stay true, stay true to you. Am I right? Tried so, and true. Exactly. That's the um, one. <laughs> so, Ludmila, most successful female sniper in history. But more than that, her story is about women's advocacy and friendship. Friendship. <laughs> friendship. Friendship. With yeah. sniping. Yes. I Friendship like it. in the most unlikely of places. Let's so, do it. Here we go. My sources are Smithsonian Magazine, History.com, and oh my god, this website, it's called rejectedprincesses.com. Everyone go and check it out. It is so good. It, has it a, is. Oh, you've I love been on site. it? Oh my oh, god. Yeah. It's amazing. So for every woman that they have a story of, they it comes with a bunch of really well done illustrated like illustrations it's like a book but it's just a website I think they actually have a book now but 
it's so cute and it's so easy to read like for anyone that just wants like a quick history lesson like and the illustrations are so well done go on it it's rejectedprincesses.com yes i I use that for for jean de croissant oh perfect Mm -hmm. yeah yeah check her out too oh but seriously it's nuts i can't yeah oh cool so good so yeah um so those are my sources so let's talk about ludmila Lunmila Pavlichenko was born in Bila Servka, Ukraine, on July 12, 1916. And I want to shout out the Ukraine because my family is Ukrainian. So I felt very Yay. connected to Lunmila in this. Um, so from a young age, she was very good at sports and she wanted to do everything that the boys were doing. Um, she decided to take up shooting after hearing one of her boy boy classmates or just some boy um, bragging about his shooting achievements. So she was like, oh, you're good at shooting? I'm going to go do it and then be better. And she was. That's how it's done. Always. Exactly. (laughs) But I love how it's called, like, I want to learn shooting. You know, I I always think of that iCarly episode where he's like, Mm -hmm. well, maybe I feel stabbing. And he's like, you know, stabbing isn't a feeling. It's more of an activity that I hope you don't do to me. (laughs) So it sounds just like that. Well, thankfully, Ludmila was pretty much just doing it as a hobby. Great. I mean, she just loved sports and she, she loved showing up all the boys. And she fucking did. So... While she was in college, she enrolled in a sniper school and earned a sharpshooter badge as well as a marksman badge. So she, yeah, so she's enrolled in a sharpshooter school, doing all the things, earns all of these awards and achievements and stuff and certifications. So it's 1941. It is the middle of World War II. The Germans invade the Soviet Union. Ludmila quickly went to the recruiting office. She runs over, over in Odessa, Ukraine, and the recruiting officer tried to talk her out of joining the military, and he's like, mm, you should go become a nurse instead. Let me just, I'm just going to take a sip. I'm just going to yeah. Kermit the Frog this. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking prick. Like, okay. <laughs> really, though, like, and I know, like, you know, it's 1941, I know it's, like, not really um, customary for women to want to go be in the army or whatever. But she was like, no, I'm going to do it. Um, So she goes up to this recruiting officer and she's like, oh, no, no. I'm not going to be a nurse. I don't think so. Look at this shit. And she shows him all of her shooting credentials, all her certificates. She, like, literally just, like, dumps it on his desk. And he was like, okay. And he just like gives her a step. <laughs> so she was enrolled into the Red Army's 25th Rifle Division as a sniper. Awesome. Yes. Um, during her career, she had 309 confirmed kills in a matter of months. Oh. Months. Yeah. Wow. Which is a the lot. Balls. <laughs> yeah. That is a lot. <laughs> 309. I wonder if she was like, going for like 315, like a more solid number, but no, 309. Yeah, I mean, that's just her yeah. confirmed kills. Like, right. Oh. There was a story about 
I guess she actually had to kind of an audition, quote unquote, to be a sniper. So when she was doing that, they took her out into the field and they were like, okay, see those two Germans over there, like, try to shoot them. And she shot both of them in, like, bam, bam, one shot each, like, dead. And that was it. And she was like, eh, I don't count those, though, because they were just test. That was just, <laughs> those were just test shots. <laughs> but they're money shots. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that's how she ended up in the uh, rifle division as a sniper. Um, so, yeah, 309 confirmed kills. Insane. The press started calling her Lady Death. Which I would like that to be my nickname from now on. Lady Death. <laughs> Lady you got Death. it. Thank you. <laughs> Not that I shoot guns or anything. I don't own a gun, but I just, you know, I just want to be called Lady Death. Well, yeah, and you know what? Because she was a sharpshooter and you're a straight shooter. So it works. I kill people with my words, honesty, and words. <laughs> That's the most Slytherin thing I've heard you say. <laughs> we're very cunning as Slytherins. So the Germans were so afraid of her that they tried getting her to come to their side. Which, like, oh shit, what can't the be fuck? Enjoyed them. <laughs> really though, that's so. Um, that's like so stupid. Isn't that such a pussy move? <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Yeah, they fucking blow up her hometown pretty much. And they're like, Ludmila, come over to us. We will give you lots of chocolate and make you a German officer. Like, they literally said that to her. That's we'll give you lots of chocolate? Yeah. Like, she... she that's sexist as fuck. I know. Like, it's great. Like, thank I you, mean, but that's terrible. I'm not going to lie. Like, if it were me, I'd be like, okay, hold up. But what kind of chocolate? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, but obviously would not join the Germans, and she didn't either. Um, so she was like, ew, no. So they responded with, if we catch you, this is also another quote, real quote. If we catch you, we will tear you into 309 pieces and scatter them to the winds. And Ludmila, she was just like, hey, I'm just pleased to know that even the enemy knows my tally. They got my tally correct. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, I wonder who counted it and how they tallied all of that up. I don't know how they tally. I, yeah, I didn't do much research into that. Um, I feel like they would would tally on their own. Mm -hmm. I think. I feel like the I feel like the snipers would have to. I mean, all they're doing all day, all night, sometimes for like weeks, is sitting completely perfectly still in one spot. Mm-hmm. for hours and hours and hours um and they can't move or else like or else it can mean death for them because like if they move even a muscle like it could give their them away um and so i would not i wouldn't be surprised if that's what they did you know like they're they're just waiting for their target to be in a clear shot um so i wouldn't be surprised if they were the ones that were just keeping the tally because what else are they wow. going to do they're just sitting there you know? Talk about a good hiding place. Oh, yeah. And that's what she did. Like, she would days upon days. And she, she was so stubborn. There's a story that she was hiding in, like, these bushes or something. And it was hours and hours and hours. And she was in kind of like a standoff with a German sniper. And she was just so stubborn that she wouldn't move. But the German guy was a little bit less patient than she was. And he 
one time got up to like check and see if he could see anything and as soon as he popped his head up Ludmilla got him boom yeah boom yeah she was she was patient yeah yeah um yeah death is patient Mm -hmm. death is lady death (laughs) lady death (laughs) there's so many songs that could be about that Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Oh, there I is a song. A lady, right? Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Oh, Woody Guthrie. Ooh. Woody Guthrie? Yeah. Uh, Woody, Woody Guthrie is an American folk singer, composed a song called Miss Pavlichenko as a tribute to her war record okay. and, to, um, and to memorialize. I'm not going to say this part because it gives away the rest of the story. So yeah, okay. Woody, <laughs> Woody Guthrie uh, wrote a song about her. About Thanks, Ludmilla. Woody. Yeah. Can we add that to the playlist? No, because it's not no. by a, a woman. It's about a... True, true. Okay, never yeah. mind. <laughs> but go look it up, people. Yes, yeah. look it up. Um, so, Ludmilla's time on the front lines ended in 1942 when she got wounded in battle for the fourth time. She got shrapnel to the face, which sounds very painful. Oh my and, god. Yeah. Would not want that to happen to me. Um, so after she recovered, Russia decided she was too valuable for the war effort for her to return for bat um to for her to return to battle because she was so famous by this point as being like having that high of a body count. Wait, no, not body count. <laughs> Yeah, technically. <laughs> I know, but now today body count means something different. So. Not body count. Um, three hundred and nine confirmed kills. That's what I was trying to say. Also, confirmed I'm sorry. Kills. Yeah. I'm sorry the dogs are barking, you guys. But so Russia desperately needed Western allies to help Soviet troops deal with the Germans. There were too much of there, or there were too many of them, and they're like, "We're gonna send you this sniper to try to drum up some support, so you can send some guys over here to relieve us of some of this pressure." Um, so Franklin, President Franklin Roosevelt, welcomes Ludmila to the White House, making her the first Soviet citizen to be received by a U.S. president. Fuck yeah! Yes, FDR man. I know. So cool. He's and she man. was yeah. Amazing. And not only the first citizen, or, well, first woman, first of all, woman Soviet citizen, but just the first Soviet citizen all around to be received by the White House, which so is cool. crazy. Um, so she's at the White House, and the first lady, Eleanor Roosevelt, who we will be doing an episode on, don't you worry, we got you. <laughs> Fucking love, Eleanor. Um, and Eleanor was so intrigued by Ludmila. She was like, you are the most successful and feared female sniper with 309 confirmed kills and you're only 25 years old. 25? 25. Did I mention that? What the fuck? She's only 25 years old. That is how old I am. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. Two months. Same difference. (laughs) Oh my god. 25. How many confirmed kills do you have? Other than... You don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> and I'll never hey. tell. <laughs> hey, folks, she's across the country. I don't know a fucking thing. Who knows? I'll never tell. <laughs> That's a John Mulaney thing, right? I know, yeah. 
<laughs> uh, we anyway. both did the uh, at the same time. Ah, uh, uh, John. Proceed. Proceed. I mean, okay. I I've never actually killed anyone, but I like to. I mean, I would never will. Guys, I am not a murderer. <laughs> I am not a sociopath. We've been over this, okay? I have not killed anyone. I never will kill anyone. Um, you can submit this to the courts. But never say never. You never know what you're gonna oh do. Oh my god, Gia. <laughs> Gia, I don't want to be incriminated by this podcast. But you didn't do anything. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Gia <laughs> I mean, I haven't done anything either. Let's just we like to we kill, kill men's them spirits. with kindness. Oh. <laughs> and education. That is what Sure, we do. that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> anyways um so yeah eleanor was like you're amazing so she asks her if she will tour the country with her to tell americans of her experiences as a woman in combat and ludmila's like yeah i'll do that so ludmila and eleanor travel around and they become really good friends and Ludmila gives a bunch of speeches about being a woman in the military. But the media kept throwing these bogus questions at her like, can women wear makeup on the front lines? Do you curl your hair? Why are you wearing a uniform that makes you look fat? Like, are you kidding me? Like, she has been on the front lines, on the verge of death pretty much. Like, she has been wounded in combat four times the last time she got shrapnel to the face like she's putting her life on the line and she is the most feared sniper in history and they're asking her about her looks like what the fuck america yeah. so typical the, yeah so the papers started calling her the girl sniper quote unquote which was totally belittling to her achievements um, because why do you have to say girl sniper? She's a sniper. Like... Right. And she's mm-hmm. better than literally all the other male snipers. Like, hello. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. This story, this is one of my favorite stories of all time. I'm so passionate about it. I don't know why. I love her. Go like, off. Yeah. And sis. it's not even like... It's, I don't... Like... I know it's war and everything and it was a different time, but like... At this point, I'm like, I, I'm not a huge fan of guns, but like, but I'm like, okay, it was, it was World War Two, like it was kind of. It was of, the war. Yeah, it was, it was the war. Yeah. It was, yeah. But I'm like, she still fucking did that. Yeah. Give her some respect. Come on. Mm-hmm. So she's probably wondering at this point, like, why are you asking me about my looks? I'm a decorated war vet. Why are Americans priorities shit? Seriously. Because those are the questions I'm asking. <laughs> So, she was so frustrated with these questions, um, she would say, quote, I wish you would experience a bombing raid. You would immediately forget about the cut of your outfit. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously. Right. Um, In an interview, I think you're going to love this, Um, in an interview with Time Magazine, she said, I wear my uniform with honor. It has the Order of Lenin on it. It has been covered with blood in battle it is plain to see that with american women what is important is whether they wear silk underwear under their uniforms what the uniform stands for they have yet to learn Ooh, i'm gonna sip my mule right here way to throw it right back Mm -hmm. yeah i'm surprised 
Time Magazine, like, like she had to correct everybody in Time Magazine. You would think that that publication would have been a little more. Um, well, yeah, we don't know what was asked of her. Yeah, percent, no, but, I think she um, was just like frustrated. Yeah, I don't know what the question was, but she mm-hmm. was on this tour with Eleanor. Like, she kept getting all of these questions, and so at that point, she was just really frustrated and just wanted to like air it out. So yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Mm-hmm. She did too. So her publicity tour reached Chicago. And of course, these men, these journalists, are throwing the same kind of questions at her. And she starts to speak directly to them, to the men, and says, Gentlemen, I am 25 years old and I have killed 309 <laughs> fascist occupants by now. Don't you think, gentlemen, that you have been hiding behind my back for too long? Hell yeah. That's Hell the one. Fucking That's yeah. the one. <laughs> yes. Like, fuck yeah, Ludmilla. It's like, I couldn't see her getting in someone's face like in a movie scene. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, hey, gentlemen, I have killed. Like, I have, like, just like, get in their face, like, hold yes. their face. Like, I have killed 309 people. Yes. That'd be but, so like, funny. totally cool, calm, and collected, too, because mm-hmm. that's just how she was. And yeah. I love Don't that. you think. <laughs> You've Just been hiding out there. Yeah, don't you think you've been hiding behind my back for too long? Incredible, and they really were because mm-hmm. they were they were calling her the girl sniper, and it's like no, mm-hmm. she is the best of all of you. Like right, well you know, and, I, and she's protecting you. Like I don't understand exactly, mm-hmm. but it's funny because I remember, um, well I remember at the height of. Of like of everything with women in film and with all the conversations happening there, because mm-hmm. um, this is kind of it is related. Um, so, for example, at the Oscars, it's not um, like best actress anymore. Now it's like best female actor, and mm-hmm. there are people who are making the argument like just say, well, let's just do best actor in general. Like, let's yeah. not have the the gender mm-hmm. like difference to just be like who's the best, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such a tricky conversation because at the same time you do want to be recognized for your work as a woman you know Mm -hmm. that's why we're making this podcast because exactly we want to make sure that you know our gender Mm -hmm. gets their credit where credit is due yeah um but i do also understand the argument where it's like well why are we talking about gender at all um so but i i do agree in the case with her um where it's like the girl sniper i just feel like the fact that it was the word girl mm-hmm. and not a stronger word yeah. for a female sniper. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what bothered me. Like yes. it doesn't bother me that they that they drove home that yes, she is a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but they could have just used a stronger a stronger word. Yeah. No, um, exactly. I don't know what it could I don't know what, what it could be. Um I, I mean, can't like, think of an example. But Yeah, I mean I I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if another word would even be better um mm-hmm. because she like there's no comparison right you know yeah like, so th- that's why i totally understand yeah. where the frustration lies yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i and i totally get like that whole argument like why do we need um why do we need to focus on gender um which is another topic for another day <laughs> especially with award shows but anyways so um yeah so she says that to them don't you think you've been hiding behind my back for too long? There is a moment of silence and then a roar of support. Just everyone going wild for her. Um, 
and they're cheering her on. It's great. And of course, Eleanor Roosevelt is always behind her, cheering her on. Just like, yes, Ludmila, I love you. So, <laughs> so Ludmila goes back home and she is awarded the gold star of the hero of the Soviet Union. There's a lot of ofs in that award. I don't know why. Um, as well as receiving the Order of Lenin twice. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what you know when it's yep. twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she was a hero and she continued to train Soviet snipers for the front lines. Um, when the war ended, she finished her education at Kiev University and became a historian. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So that's how she lived her life. And in 1957, this is my favorite part of the story. In 1957, 15 years since Ludmila and Eleanor toured America, the first, or sorry, the former first lady was touring around Moscow. Um, and so she decides to go visit Ludmila, her old friend. But because of the Cold War... Um, she has to be there with a Soviet minder who watched her every move. Um, so when she got to Ludmila's apartment, they both had to address each other with like a cool, quote, cool formality. So they couldn't mm. like, they just had to be like, hello, hello, how are you? Whatever. <laughs> they just, um, they just chatted casually for a while until um, Ludmila comes up with an excuse to take Eleanor into the other room alone without the minder. Um, and as soon as they were alone, the two of them threw their arms around each other, half laughing, half crying, saying Aww. how happy they were to see each other and just regaling in stories from their travels together 15 years before. I love that. Yes. And that, That's awesome. That is the story of Ludmila Pavlichenko. Raise a fucking glass. Yes, raise a glass. Most feared sniper in history. Exactly. Insane. Insane. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, is it? Do you see why that is like one of my favorite stories of all time? Yes. How did you find her? I'm gonna be honest. Drunk history. <laughs> okay. Hey. Yeah. That's amazing. That's what I, I do in my it. spare time. I watch Drunk History, and every time it's a woman, I take note in my head, and I'm like, oh, yes, and then I write her down. And yep. then I'm like, See, hey, this is perfect. I'm going gonna, I'm awesome. gonna to tell her See, story. You are, like, Layla is the definition of woke as fuck. Like, she always, <laughs> like, is, you, that's what you do in your free time. Like, you do educate yourself, and that's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. So, and then, like, cheers I know. Cheers to you. Raise a glass to oh, you. Oh, shut up. Thank you. <laughs> Stop. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, stop. oh, darling, don't. No, no darling. pictures. No pictures. <laughs> oh, pay me $50. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, oh, is that's it, awesome. just advocating for women, being like, America, what are you doing? Why are you talking about the cut of my dress when I have... I'm killing been, people. Yes, I'm in the front lines. I've had blood, other people's blood, my own blood on my uniform. And you're asking me about if I wear lipstick? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, Ridiculous. No. Yeah. And and then just like the, the unlikely friendship, the cross-continental right. friendship. is With yeah. Eleanor Roosevelt? Yeah. Eleanor fucking Roosevelt? Exactly. It's, it's insane. 
Yeah. And honestly, if anything, when it comes down to, you know, like the girly things with women who are doing like, you know, just the fucking important as jobs. Not Mm -hmm. that every job is important. Every single job is important. Yes. But when it comes to having respect for everyone's profession, let I think this is a good rule of thumb. Let the person you're talking to bring it up you know Mm -hmm. bring up those girly things like for Mm -hmm. example of course it didn't happen but let's just say she was wearing high heels or she did like have a certain thing of lipstick that she would have if she thinks it's worth sharing she Mm -hmm. would say something exactly you know and it would be a fun fact because that goes with her personality and her humor Mm -hmm. but it's our job just to ask open-ended questions and let and let's see what she says exactly yeah yeah but you know people in the 40s didn't care about that when well, it came to even women. today too yeah yeah and yeah yeah i mean hopefully we're getting better at it but i mean definitely strides better than back then like i we i don't yeah i mean there are some journalists that would probably still go up to someone and be like hey uh what do you wear under your uniform like mm-hmm. do you curl your hair <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and and I'm sure that there are so many reporters out there who don't want to ask those questions. Maybe they feel like they have mm-hmm. to ask those questions. Who knows? But either way, I yeah. agree. I think we are getting better. I and think so. it's all about letting other people tell the story mm-hmm. for themselves. That's all. I agree. Letting people tell their story. And then us, this is why we're doing this podcast, especially for the women who have already passed on. Um trying to tell their story in a way that honors them and their achievements not you know what they look like or because they were belittling their achievements because they're a woman mm-hmm. right. like those reporters did to Ludmila. yeah but life goes on we learn our lessons and mm-hmm. we still love every journalist out there yes so thank you to everybody working hard to tell stories thank you everyone yeah. um i think that is a good place for a break We will uh, continue with Gia's story after this. After the break, Ryan (laughs) Seacrest. Hey there, this is Laurelyn Mears from Like a Boss Podcast. And you know why we love the She Effing Did It podcast? Well, it's because we celebrate the same kind of awesome women who are figuring out how to get it done. These are powerhouse gals who are setting up their own businesses, who have overcome personal challenges, all kinds of professional crap, hurdled it, pivoted, done whatever they had to do to bring it forward. Join us at the Like a Boss podcast. We'd love to have you there. And we're back. Welcome back. That was a wonderful story. You're from Layla. How do you spell her name? It is L-Y-U-D-M-U-L-A. Thank God I asked. I did not think there would be a Y in there. Thank you. Yes, Ludmila. Should I try to say it in it? A Ukrainian accent is that yeah, offensive? I mean, it's your culture. What are you talking I about? I know. I'm just yeah. not good at it. Okay, let me try it. Uh, okay, Ludmila Pavlichenko. <laughs> that was it, very light. Was I feel like light. you had it before. It sounded very similar. You Lud- had the, a little extra oomph at the yeah. end this time. But okay, let me let me try. Yeah. Let me try it again. Ready? Ludmila Pavlichenko. Nice. I don't know what it's supposed to sound like. I don't, it's, it's, Russian. it's Russian. It's <laughs> Russian. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I know nothing about it. I 
this is why I'm here so, learning. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure you know this, but the Ukraine was once part of the Soviet Union. Um, mm-hmm. And then they broke off. But um, so obviously in Russia, they speak Russia. Oh my god, what the fuck am I talking about? Speak in, Russia. Russia, in Russia, they speak Russian. In the Ukraine, they do speak Ukrainian. Um, but it does sound similar, and I'm pretty sure they mm-hmm. use the same alphabet. So if you were to hear a Ukrainian yeah. person speak, um, if it wasn't English too, like they would have a Russian accent. accent. Yeah. Gotcha. So. That's great yeah. to know. Thank you. I, I always wanted to try my pra- white ass. Yeah. <laughs> I always wanted to try to practice my Ukrainian accent, but it's not. It's not okay. But if you guys want to know the cheers in Ukrainian when we cheers our drinks, I should do that from now on. Yeah. Um, it's moi hayaleta. Say it again. Moi hayaleta. Moi hayaleta. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Yes. Yay. And Cheers don't again. ask. Moi hayaleta. So yeah. it means uh, many years to you. And it's like a celebratory song that they sing in the Ukraine. So. Moi hayaleta. Moi hayaleta. I love that. That's great. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. That's awesome. Oh, all, all right, right Gia. Well, it's your yeah. turn. I'm Yes, ready. it is. Remind Yay, us of what your. Yes. Remind us of what your drink is called again. Okay, my drink is... Now, here's the thing. So I am not sure if I am pronouncing her name correctly. I looked up how to pronounce it. Nothing came up for me. Um, but I'm going to say Mabel. It might be Mabel. Um, but she's Chinese. Uh, so Mabel Pingwa Lee. She's amazing. Um, but yes, just to remind everybody um, of our initiative that we're starting as she fucking did that. Um, as we all know... This year, 2020, marks 100 years since the 19th Amendment was ratified and women got the right to vote. However, now especially we know that only white women really had that right to vote. So we are telling the stories of of POC, of Asian people, of Jewish women, of everyone th- that I could find. Um, <laughs> there's so many people. Um, like who were who were non-white women um, who helped the cause for our, for white women to get that right to vote in 1920, and for all of the women who helped achieve like more and more equality as the decades go by. Whether it's to have like, people of all different races and backgrounds have the right to vote in the United States, and for um, just more access and equal access to voter. Like just to voting and for voter equality. Yes. So I love that we're doing this. This is really special to me mm-hmm. um, as someone who absolutely loves law. And there were so many legal bullshit things that were happening that we're going to get to the bottom of. Um, yeah. So last week we uh, you know, were celebrating Jewish women. This week I'm moving to a awesome, awesome Chinese woman who lived in New York City. Um, yes. And I know nothing about Chinese culture really. Full mm-hmm. disclosure, in my eight-peer world history class, I did not pass that exam. I oh, no. I really didn't pay attention to I can I can give you the whole song about like all like the dynasties of China, but um <laughs> honestly, I have a lot of catching up to do and this was my first start in getting there. Well, I have many Chinese friends, so hopefully if they're listening to this, 
you can send us a little email <laughs> please and please Tell be us. gentle with me um yeah. but i i found and here's the thing of course with what we're doing um we try to be as in-depth as possible but because mm-hmm. this cause is so vast um i don't want it to seem like i'm just scratching the surface i am getting as much as we can into mm-hmm. the time that we have allotted um but with the sources that we give please please read more do more research let us know and we will absolutely share it out into the world even more so thank you for your patience with us thank you for listening to me and i hope i am doing a good thing and not making it a bad thing Um, no (laughs) this is so good we uh, and especially as women we all need to know who helped us get to where we are today and how important our voice is on election day like, damn so right. Just keep that yeah. in the back so that of your mind. You know what? We need to find a way just to have buttons or somehow uh, a sticker even that says, like, I fucking voted. I'm yes. a woman and I fucking voted. So here yes. we go. My sources are Women's Vote Centennial, the official mm-hmm. site commemorating 100 years of women's right to vote, mm-hmm. um, immigrationhistory.org, the Library of Congress. Um, from the voter centennial from the vote centennial site um, there's an article called um, Mabel Pingwali how Chinese American women helped shape the suffrage movement mm-hmm. and that was written by Kathleen D. Cahill she's an associate producer uh, producer that's just me <laughs> with my thing an associate professor of history at Penn State that's University our production that, background coming that's in. me <laughs> um, and then uh, womenshistory.org so that's everything for you. Again, my drink is called Mabel Be Able. Um, yes. Because. And I'm sure it? she was very able. She was able, but <laughs> the law told her she wasn't. So it's bullshit. But you and know what we said to the law? We said, fuck you, law. Fuck you. Yeah. To. Help. Fuck you. Fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> we have to add that to the playlist. Okay. I'm sorry. Continue. All right, but here's here's her background. So basically, in a nutshell, her tagline is, uh, so she was the first Chinese woman in the United States to earn a PhD. She's an advocate for the rights of women and the Chinese community in America before 1920. So meaning like everything before like the actual right to vote was given. Mm-hmm. Um, even though she was not allowed to become a citizen of the United States herself, let alone vote. And she oh fought for equality. I know. We'll get into it. I'm and so she fought for yeah oh my god uh for the equality for both sex and for race so mm-hmm. we're definitely going to have that infused in here um but please keep in mind that this story focuses on the history of chinese americans in the united states um of course people and women from other asian countries have a very specific plight um mm-hmm. like so depending on you know each one where you're from mm-hmm. um but and they also have a different timeline so please keep mm. that in mind so i'm trying okay. my best just to really focus on pure chinese american okay. issues yeah. i wonder if thai women played any part in this they you know they did Great. but okay. they the timeline was a little bit different from when she was there and what uh-huh. she was fighting for specifically right, right so right. i but i can I will find somebody and I will talk about them oh, later. I love that. So, yeah. Oh, by the we way, we got eight for, more weeks, so yes. we're good. Um, by the way, some, for those of you who don't wait. know, I asked because I am half Thai, so I want to know. <laughs> half awesome. Thai, half Ukrainian. How fucking cool is that? Seriously, Layla is the coolest fucking person oh my, I know. Oh my god, stop! But it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's, I love it. I love it. She's awesome. Ah, uh, okay. So for some worldly context. 
Chinese men um, came into America in the mid-19th century, but Congress passed two laws to keep the Chinese out. One law, there was the Page Act of 1875. This law prohibited the recruitment of Chinese people to the United States, like basically of unfree laborers and women with immoral purposes, quote-unquote. Basically, they thought that Chinese women who came to the United States were immigrating because they wanted to be prostitutes. And even though the law says, like, simply of unfree laborers, um, it was basically enforced primarily against the Chinese. It was meant to be discriminatory, but of course, laws can't outrightly say that. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's what happened. Yeah, so does that sound illegal, you ask? Discriminating against people for their race? Yes. Yes. (laughs) But the government had a loophole. Oh my god. Seriously? Uh, so <laughs> terrible fucking loopholes. Um, i know terrible and the second one was the 1882 exclusion act which is going to play a big role in this story this act prohibited the immigration of chinese laborers for 10 years it was extended 10 years later in 1892 for another 10 years by something called the Geary Act, but we won't get too much into it, um, and then made permanent in 1902. Excuse okay, me. So prohibited the immigration of, of, of Chinese laborers, and if they were there, like, forget it. Like, they, it was totally denied they would become naturalized citizens. They were the only people who could not legally become citizens of the United States. Chinese people. Are you kidding me? No. It's insane. Why? I don't know. Well, because they thought that that Chinese people were passive or like servile natured and they were mm-hmm. unable to participate in democratic governments. That's how Americans perceived them. Like that's why Bro. they were discriminated against. But some men started to trickle in, um, you know, end of the 19th century into 20th century. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then some women came. But do you think they had the right to vote? Fuck no. Like, of there's not. no way. Why yeah. would they? Oh, I know. So, but now let's get to Mabel. So, Mabel Lee came to New York City from Canton, which is now called Guangzhou. Um, and please correct me if my pronunciation is wrong. That I looked up and that told me it's pronounced that way. Okay. Um, so, she came in 1900 and she was about five years old, between three to five years old. It said she was born in 1897. Just a That's baby. The, I know. Um, but the years were kind of off with her. So, mm. but like, around like okay her father was a baptist minister at the morningside mission in chinatown um and her parents were able to immigrate on the exception that they were teachers for a baptist church Mm -hmm. for some reason that was left um her parents uh lee tao and lee lai beck please again correct me with their pronunciation um raised her as a modern woman um as we may know from history class um chinese women like bound their feet like they binded their feet mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but her parents did not do that oh, and they also God. encouraged i know <laughs> and they also encouraged her education so um and she was the only chinese student in her high school graduating class she went to a yes. public high school in the city yes. pretty cool but could you imagine going through that like being the only one like the odd one out that would yes it hurt me very much no i can't um, <laughs> but she was strong as fuck so let's learn more about her <laughs> so for more context there is the chinese revolution happening where women could vote there 
Um, now, of course, there that was not just like an end-all be-all, the same reason why when the right to vote happened in the United States, it was not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were different rules depending on what province you were in in China, and they can make their own rules. But generally speaking, there was progress being made in China, and some women could vote, oh, which good. was not happening in the United States at no, the time. Of course not. Yeah. So, um, but Mabel Lee and her mother, they did so much work for the greater good. Um, They raised money for Chinese famine victims. They worked with the YWCA um, and participated in Chinatown parades. They were very, very involved, Um, especially in 1911. um, They closely followed things happening in China. Um, So, of course, when the Chinese Revolution overthrew the imperial rule, eventually Mm -hmm. leading to the establishment of the Republic of China, which was from 1912 to 1949. Crazy. So Mabel, her mother, and a few friends helped the cause. Uh, There were uh, women by the names of Grace Yip to pond i'm not sure how to pronounce it it's t-y-p-o-n-d mm-hmm. um and then pearl mark lou um and they could not be citizens of the country either but they supported the cause anyway and Good. that i think is the coolest thing of all because yes. even though they knew they it was a helpless situation mm-hmm. in complete honesty they still fought for what was right yeah i mean it's kind of yeah. selfless in a way too absolutely selfless yeah yeah they were like, yeah, we we see you, women of mm-hmm. America. We see you and we support you. And even though we may not ever have the right, like we're not citizens or whatever, and we may not ever have the right, but like we know that you guys deserve to have that right like anyone else. So yeah. we support you. That's so right. amazing. It is amazing. I love it. I love these people. Um, now, American suffragists were glad, but they were irritated, too, that, like, no progress was happening with them. Mm-hmm. So they turned to um, local Chinese communities to um, to teach them. Like, so the Americans turned to the Chinese to, like, be like, yo, what's going on? So they found leading Chinese women in cities like Portland, um, in Cincinnati, Boston, and New York, and she was invited to speak at a white suffrage meeting in the spring of 1912. And she was just 16 years old in New York. Now, wow. at the ripe age of 16, she was already accepted to Barnard College, oh and gosh. she went to the huge suffrage parade on Fifth Avenue. Pretty cool. Amazing. Yeah, seriously amazing. And so either in 1915 or 1914, I read both. I'm pretty sure it's 1915. Mm -hmm. um, She had this speech and this speech like draft that she wrote was found inside of a church, like inside of a Baptist church. Mm -hmm. And she believed that like when you're a Christian and the Christianity Mm -hmm. had the responsibility to open the door to education. Um, So and so she was like, you know, in college and she was also getting her phd at columbia she got her phd in economics pretty cool mm. um yeah Smarty. so she fought for equality and sex and an education and the new york times covered this speech it's very famous famous and it's called like china's submerged half that's what it's cool and okay. i would like to share an excerpt from that speech um it was a bit of dialogue that she wrote uh from a story that she heard and it's pretty cool so story goes um an american missionary in china was i'm I'm, I'm reading her speech right now um an american missionary in china was taking tea with the mandarin's eight wives 
oh, eight wives okay. that was allowed over well. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the Chinese ladies examined her clothing, her hair, her teeth, and so on, but her feet especially amazed them. One woman said, like, why, cried one, you can walk and run as well as a man. Yes, to be sure, said the missionary. And then she said, can you ride a horse and swim too? Yes. Then you must be as strong as a man. And she said, I am. And then the other woman replied, and you wouldn't let a man beat you, not even if he was your husband, would you? Indeed, I wouldn't, the missionary said. The Mandarin's wives looked at one another, nodding their heads. Then the oldest said softly, now I understand why an American never has more than one wife. He is afraid. <laughs> I love that. See, that shows yes. cultural differences. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's just like because life was different. Over oh, here. yeah. Yeah. You know, even yeah. though it wasn't right, it was still different to what the plight of Chinese, Chinese women yeah. was. So mm -hmm. just totally different. And she ended her speech with, if according to President Lincoln, the Federal Union could not endure half free, half slave, how can China maintain her position among independent nations, half free and taught, half shackled in body and in mind? Yeah. So she was always bringing her home country back to yes. the States and being like, yo, like... How can we fucking fix this right. and have a balance here? Right. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, and she also wrote articles for um, the Chinese Students Monthly and with a very famous article called The Meaning of Women's Suffrage. So she was all about like, yo, boom, boom, boom. These are my points. Mm -hmm. Everyone heard it. Everyone read it in the city. Pretty cool. And then she earned a PhD. Um, now, in 1917, women in New York had the right to vote. In 1920, all this, well, most of, you know, the states, like, it ratified, mm -hmm. like, in the country, women mm -hmm. had the right to vote. She could not vote until 1943. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. 23, 23 years later. Oh, my. Okay. Yep. Well, we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, so her father died in 1924, and she took over his role as director of the Chinese Baptist Church of New York City. Mm -hmm. And she started uh, the Chinese Christian Center. She designed um, to empower the Chinese community to offer a health clinic, a kindergarten, vocational training, and English classes. So she was doing all of that for a while. Mm -hmm. 1943, under FDR. Just like yeah, oh, I was talking hey. about. Yeah, really cool. Um, so the Chinese Exclusion Act finally repealed. Thank God. Thank um, God. Yeah. So this was when the United States and China were allies during World War II. Okay. So, hey, there you go. That's cool. And how the, our stories kind of align in this. I know. Way. There you go. <laughs> See, FDR. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the ban on Chinese immigration and naturalization was finally repealed. Roosevelt wrote that passing the bill was vital to correcting the quote-unquote historic mistake of Chinese exclusion, and he emphasized that the legislation was quote-unquote important in the cause of winning the war and of establishing a secure peace. And then Mabel Lee died in 1966 at the age of 70. We do not know if Mabel ever became a U.S. citizen or if she ever voted in the United States, but oh. she definitely shaped the movement, and her activism helped us to do, to vote. She did. She helped us so much. That's just mm -hmm. if anyone knows about like 
if there are any distant relatives <laughs> of Mabel that that can tell us if she was a if she ever became a citizen that would be amazing but that's just I just find it so inspiring that like she wasn't wasn't even a citizen and still fought for her fellow women and her fellow Chinese Americans to be able to vote yeah like it's seriously amazing like you you were so right it is the most selfless thing anybody Mm -hmm. can do yeah and I love that and plus still dealing with being discriminated against constantly oh yeah you know like calling they would call them orientals or or even like rentals like it's oh my god no yeah so all that works if you ever go to Chinatown you look around and you say yo Mabel helped out with this. This is, yeah. Mabel yeah. had a hand in this. And also, excuse me, <laughs> I didn't realize that they, like, Chinese Americans didn't get the right to, right? It was like all Chinese Americans didn't get the right to vote until the 40s? Pretty much. Oh, my. That's what I read, yeah. Oh, my God. That- <laughs> Isn't that bullshit? Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. That it was well, that well, far. African Americans too, not even till way later after that. Oh yeah, you're Ish. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, with oh. 1965. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I don't like everywhere. At yeah, least. of course everything is state issues, um, but still, mm-hmm. it's total bullshit. Total right. bullshit. Yeah, because like even yeah, like in the 1940s was a long time ago. But when you think about it. It's, like, not that far off. No. Because, like, change takes so much time to enact, right? So it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just so crazy that it took that long. Yeah, but it's all from stereotypes that mm-hmm. one person thought, and it just spread like wildfire. Oh, you yeah. know, I feel like, like, discrimination is just rumor Oh, yeah. That's high school, and it just gets into the government. This is how I see it. And all hell breaks loose, mm-hmm. and there's so much injustice, and it, yeah. it's crazy. So, so yeah, like, you're right. Like, it, of course, change takes time, but it's like, but why did this happen in the fucking first place? Like, yeah. they didn't do anything. You know? I mean, it just... It's a language barrier, of course, right. but there's still people. Right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, like, the fact that, like, we as Americans are like, oh, this is our land. This is us. Like, if you're not from here, like, go away. You're not a part of us. But, and and this is the argument that is going around right now. And I mean, has been for years. But we were immigrants too. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't understand why, like, and how. What do immigrants like, do? We get they the get job the job done. done. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Yes. And like, and look, it's always that argument. It's like, well, look, we we took the land from the Native Americans, oh, so yeah. we're automatically mm-hmm. the assholes too. You know, mm-hmm. like, like we know that. Yeah. But it didn't stop. It just yeah. didn't stop. It yeah. only got worse. Yeah. And I don't like it. Now, no. of course, the United States is not the only country guilty of this, for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. Yeah. Um. But, you know, it's just like with everything that we stand for now mm-hmm. and with our patriotism, you know, it mm-hmm. is about opportunity for everybody. Right. Exactly. And, and what happened like 
what happened to the whole idea that the United States was a melting pot? When I was in, I think I learned this in like fifth grade, I learned the term melting pot and I learned that that's what America was. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were supposed to strive to be. That it was just a mixture of everyone. And like this is supposed to be the land of opportunity. And these people are coming here expecting like and wanting and needing to be free and especially back then and they're like great we can like we're in a democracy we can do this we can do that we can have our voices heard but then they're like no no you can't like mm-hmm. it's a melting pot per se but like you don't really like fit in so you don't get to have the same rights as everyone else right and it really does depend where you are because of course yeah. some places are better than others oh you yeah know. um um, no, yeah. I'm with you. It's it's crazy. And that's why I really think in our history classes, we just need more time, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel like everything is just, well, I, I I will say my AP world history class was very thorough. Oh, um, okay. It was just a lot that yeah. like, I'm like, I need more, I need more than a year to really mm-hmm. get all this down, you know, because it's just so much information at once mm-hmm. for like a 15, 16 year old. Um, and then American history, though, I fucking loved. Um, mm-hmm. But well, at least, well, how about this? In middle school, honestly, and this is, of course, I'm fucking happy that we did this. Um, it was just so funny. I went to a Catholic school, but most of my history was the Holocaust. And oh, really? We were, yes. And I'm, I'm very grateful that we mm-hmm. did, for sure. Um, but World War Two was all I learned. I really didn't learn much about World War One. I. I like, of course, we talked a little a little bit about the Civil War, mm-hmm. but but I didn't get any. I got a very skewed, not well, not skewed. I I didn't learn about how other countries and like you know how the Axis powers and and the Allies were working either together or apart in world war ii mm-hmm. um we mostly just focused on um on the deaths which of course is what we fucking should be learning but i wish i learned more about how everybody reacted to each other mm-hmm. and certain laws that were put in place to keep people away before yeah. it all hit that's what i want i really i want to know the in between world war one and world war two yeah because that's that's where a lot of shit went down that yeah. that took a while to be corrected right um yes it was corrected but i want to know who mm-hmm. who jump-started all of it that's mm-hmm. what i want to know i need, I need very, more, i need to fill that gap it's a very gray area because even when i was in school i did learn about world war one world war two um you know the civil war uh, the Revolutionary War, all that stuff. But yeah, I never really learned what went on in between. So it's very hazy for me. Like, I'm like, I don't really know, like, how World War One ended and, like, how World War Two even started. Like, it was, and I know it was, like, a pretty long time ago that I was in those history classes that taught me that. And I am, I am researching and learning today, like, still, because I'm like, I need to refresh my memory. I need to know what happened um but it is still it is still very hazy and i don't want to like blame the american educational system system. of course but but like because there i mean we have so much history that it's like okay what are the important things that we need to touch on and Mm. i think our podcasts and other podcasts like us 
um, are really great in teaching people what was going on. Yeah, um, and giving people that refresher, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's why, seriously, please, um, we know that right now our main <laughs> demo, like our audience, is people in their early to mid 20s maybe mm-hmm. in the late 20s um but please share this with your younger siblings with yes. your friends younger siblings because this we're meant to just bridge the gap yeah you know or just add a few extra details or more yeah. people that because like to know about right because we know that history classes aren't teaching you guys everything and we just want to you know fill in the gaps a little bit tell you guys about what happened, what women are capable of doing, and just, yeah, just educate anyone and and everyone. And also, if you do tell your younger siblings, make sure uh, you tell them that they don't repeat anything, any of the curse words we say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think differently on that better, but that's okay. (laughs) In front of of adults. Like in yeah, front of in front of parents. teachers. Don't don't get detention yeah. for us. That's that's yeah, not no. cool. But or wait, no, actually, can kids get detention with Zoom school? I hope so. Because <laughs> no, I and I want to say this because if you can get detention, um, which honestly I don't think you can, but if you can, and you curse or whatever, and like repeat something that we said, I want you guys to tell your teachers that it was because of us. Say, I heard it on the She Fucking Did That podcast. <laughs> Why don't you go listen to it and educate yourself, okay? No, then we're going to get bad reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Only from teachers that are like, hey, my kid uh, in my class said the F word. And then I would probably say back, hey, that's pretty cool. Tell them <laughs> that we love them. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we're we're rated R show kids. <laughs> we um, do have the explicit label on us, so we do, we do, yeah. yeah. So it's it's fine, you know. It's like yeah. it's like kids watching porn. We can't help it, so we can't help it. It's yeah. free for all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> free sex, free, <laughs> free education, free cursing, like <laughs> yes, free drinking, Yay. free drinking. <laughs> no, not the oh yeah, not that. Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, speaking of drinking, let's cheers yeah. to both of these women, to Mabel, to Ludmila, to all the women that that had a part in all of these stories. Just fucking cheers, cheers. man. Where's the no, fucking Oh, lead? sorry. Muy jaileta. Muy jaileta. I took a drink of my water glass instead. Oh my. Well, at like, least no you, wonder that's At least you drank something. <laughs> If you cheers and then didn't drink anything, that would be bad luck. And also, I know we can't do it now because we're not face-to-face. But for those of you who are face-to-face, when you cheers, you need to look the other person in the eye when you clink glasses. Because if you don't, it's seven years of bad sex and nobody wants that. So. No. Yeah. Thank you. I'm already on year three because I have (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's terrible. That's terrible. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I have no comment on that. Um, But uh, for multiple reasons why I have no comment on that. Um, Just kidding. Um, My boyfriend's great. You're awesome. We have a great time together. Oh, I thought Um, you were talking about me. And I was like, well, I have lots of comments on my... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh well I'll, I'll tell you when we're off the air because it's too okay. much um Great. but well so, but yes absolutely the people in the eye be and 
to quote Jersey Boys. Um, so all you need to know, one character, Tommy, says to Nick, he's like, eyes, 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 Nikki, before they drink. And it's it's great. So say hey, eyes, Nikki. You, you can you say that, that to your sister. Yeah, my sister is Nikki. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, do it. It's great. Do it. I'm excited. Oh, well, this was a fucking kick-ass episode. It really I loved it. was. Tell your mom. Tell your friends. Tell everyone. Tell about you, how like, fucking hi, awesome. Tell your kids. Tell your tell, wife. Tell your wife. <laughs> Hide your kids. Hide, Hide your, your wife. <laughs> oh, throw it back. Um, I wonder if that video would be like not appropriate to say. Um, I'm not gonna say the last part. Are you okay? Okay, I forgot. Um, yeah, I. Th- I think Vinny is like screaming my name out there. He's oh, here. Jesus Christ. Um, okay, hold on. So, uh, anyway, um, you all know what to do. Please, so, please, please follow us on social media Instagram at SFDT Podcast, also on Facebook and Twitter. Um, email us your stories about the women you admire. Yes, please, 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 please. We want to know, we want to share, we want to honor and yes. celebrate you. And make sure um, they're, they're women that you know. And I know we all want personally. To write, yeah, we all want to write a novel, but try to keep it short for us, for our sake, <laughs> please. We have we're gonna have so many of these to go through, so please, <laughs> just yes, just spam away the most yeah. badass story that you have of the badass women that you know. Let us know. Yeah, and if you even want to write it like in dialogue form, and we'll act it out, that'd be really fun too. <gasps> yes, you can give yeah. us parts. <laughs> yeah, or fucking memes, you know? It's like the overheard in New York, overheard in L.A., yes. stuff like that. Like, even if it's, like, even if it's short and sweet, you know, two mm-hmm. or three lines of dialogue, that's really funny, too. For Whatever us. you want to send us, send it our way at, or not at. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, this is not social media. Um, This is our email, sfdtpodcast at gmail.com. Send yes. it. Yes, that's it. That's it? Yay. That's it. That's, that's it. the one. I'm so that's excited. Uh, All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Stay badass, everyone. And just muy jaileta. Muy jaileta. Take a fucking drink. Enjoy. Yes. All right. Goodbye. Bye.